Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is happening, gang? We are live on the Inside Football Podcast, and it is that time of the year again. Bill has broken down each conference after the first 10 weeks of the NFL season. This week, we dive into the AFC, and I think in a lot of cities, you're going to be pretty jacked up because there are 12 and a half teams that Bill thinks are still very much in the mix for the playoffs. This is a really fun episode. We cover a lot of topics, and there's even a college football bonus for you guys at the end. But before we dive into today's show, I want to take a minute and talk about one of our favorite sponsors on the pod, Bet Online. We're back and better than ever a new web interface for the start of basketball season and more props odds and lines than ever before bet online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use promo code believe b-l-e-a-v 50 to receive your bonus from basketball football to nhl to boxing to ufc Right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, well, it's our time for us to start. This is our AFC breakdown after 10 games on the Inside Football Podcast with Bill Poley. All right, gang, we are live on the Inside Football Podcast with Bill Polian, and we are playing with a full house today as we dive into our midseason review of the AFC. It has been quite an interesting season, so it's going to be really interesting to get Bill's take on it, see if there's some aberrations, if this is the norm, what the quality of play is. How are we doing today, guys? Good, thank you. We're hanging in there. We're hanging in there. All right. So without any further ado, Bill, let's talk about the AFC. What do you like? What do you don't like? Who is trending? Who is trending in the wrong direction? Okay. Let me first um, give you a, a little set of ground rules, if, if you will. Um, number one, I've done a lot of statistical analysis. I'm not going to give you all of it in this podcast because it really isn't necessary. I've heard on two separate occasions Greasy and, and, and Troy Aikman make uh, the same almost verbatim statement. This game isn't complicated unless you're a player or a coach. It's relatively straightforward. We make it too complicated. We being analysts of, of every stripe. Um, no truer statement ever existed. This is complicated on the field level on the X's and O level, from a spectator and analysis uh, standpoint, it is not complicated. Uh, secondly, there has, in, in the recent past, arisen any number of, of services, be it pro football focus, football outsiders, who purport to be analysts uh, and, and purport to have the ability to analyze teams' play and either 
tell you why they're they're playing well or poorly, or tell you why players play well or poorly, and generally analyze the game from a complicated statistical uh, basis. Um, the analogy, and, and I'll use a very simple one, in baseball is war. There are two communities involved in this recent analytics uh, approach to football. On the one hand, you have the services that I described who are trying to sell themselves as experts. Some have succeeded with the media and and and, and want to make themselves the, the, the focal point of who's, who plays well and who does not. Um, despite the fact that I and, and, and about 50 others unaffiliated with any of these services have the votes for MVP, All-Pro, Hall of Fame, et cetera. And secondly, there is a statistical community that wants to make themselves the arbiters of, of who's, who plays well and who plays poorly and why. And they want to do it in a highly sophisticated mathematical way that eliminates virtually everybody but them. <laughs> and again, the analogy is war. I don't know what war consists of. I know it's a number. I know it's an equation. I couldn't figure it out if my life depended upon it. But it's accepted by the agent community in baseball, and it's, it's accepted by the media community in baseball. And therefore, someone's war, which is wins above replacement, by the way, that's what the acronym stands for, um, it, it, it is simply a number. We don't know what it represents. We don't know how it's how it's arrived at. We don't know what, as I said, if, if someone showed me the equation, I, it would be as though I were looking at hieroglyphics. I have no understanding of what it means. Uh, you have to take it on faith. So put very simply, I refuse to take anything on faith from the analytics community in football. This is one man crusade to prevent football <laughs> from becoming baseball. And there's a very simple reason for that. In baseball, it is a static game. The pitcher throws, the batter hits, the fielder fields, the runner runs. Very few times are they interrelated. Exactly. It's not really a team sport. It no. is not really a team sport. It is a team sport played by individuals. Right. That's the definition uh, I, I believe Ted Williams put forward many, many years ago. So football is very complicated for those that play it and coach it. It requires a lifetime of study of X's and O's. It requires knowledge of what's going on with 22 different people on a given play. And it's surrounded by myths and, 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 and um, well, let's just call it myths that have been created by the media, uh, such as I don't know what a catch is or isn't, things of that nature. You can call holding on every play. The, these myths that are completely untrue that we, through this, uh, podcast have attempted to debunk over time. And, and and therefore, unless you know the X's and O's, unless you can analyze film, unless you can diagram a play, unless you can tell me what's going on with 22 different people on, on any given play in any given game, you cannot determine what happened on the play. We're the experts. And if you want to reduce it to numbers, I'm fine with that. That's what I'm going to do in this as we go along in this podcast. But it doesn't need to be, and it's false if it's reduced to equations and algorithms. So that's the analytics community devoid of, of, of anything other than wanting to be the experts and using their language versus the language that has been used for 100 years 
in the National Football League. Example, next-gen stats tells you how fast the guy runs in miles per hour. Who cares? The football community has used the 40-yard dash since 1950. When we say that someone runs 4-3, everyone in the football community, including fans and media, know what it means. It's 4.3 uh, uh, seconds over 40 yards. Invented by Paul Brown. I won't go into why it was invented. Just take, take. Bill, when they say a receiver's running 22 miles an hour, we just say to ourselves, why is that car driving so slow? Well, yeah. Well, you may, everybody says different things to themselves. I say, so what? Yeah, right. right. It's crazy. Who cares? That doesn't help me know anything about the game. Right. In addition to which, that's not even anything real because it's starting at zero, fighting inertia, getting up to a higher speed till it gets to a certain point. And a, and a receiver's route is a very brief period of time. Very brief period of time. And it consists of four separate, uh, four separate uh, uh, parts that are run differently in, in pro football. So it's meaningless. My point is it's meaningless. So um, there's, there's no route that calls an app for, makes you run for an hour. <laughs> right. That's correct. That's absolutely correct. And also, if you want to use an analogy, we understand that the Kentucky Derby, when it's run in, in two minutes and five, uh, and, and, and five seconds, is a pretty damn fast time. Right. Because that's the way it's been timed since 1770 when we first started horse races in this country. Why should we change? We don't say that Secretariat ran the Belmont at 36 miles per hour. <laughs> right. <laughs> so all of this is by way of saying that I'm going to give you some very simple statistics, very simple numbers, which are going to tell us which teams are contenders, which teams are not, and which teams have difficulties that they need to fix in order to be champion. So good. that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. So now we'll Paul Harvey it. Now the rest of the story. Exactly. That is our that is our prologue. Right. Exactly. Okay. There are four teams, actually three and a half, but but I'll put Miami in that fourth category, who have no chance of making the playoffs. They would be in reverse order, inverse order. The Jets, whose record is two and seven, their plus minus giveaway takeaway is minus 15. That's the lowest in the league. Their points per game given up on defense is 33. That's the highest in the league. Their points per game on offense is 15. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, the, their points per game different uh, uh, is 18. That's what they're scoring. And the differential between what they're giving up and what they're, what they're scoring is minus 15. Yeah. So, therefore, no chance. Jacksonville, same way. Record two and seven. Plus minus minus 10 points per game on defense, 26 points per game on offense, 18 differential minus eight, no chance. And with uh, with uh, eight games to go, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, eight games to go. They, they would finish at seven and 10. So just on its face, the, 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 there's no way there's no there's, there's no way they, that they even if they won out that they could make the playoffs. Houston is even worse. They're in a tank mode, even though they, they wisely have not said it. And, and as one of my old bosses at ESPN used to say, they're really irrelevant, so nobody talks about them. They won't until it's time to trade Deshaun Watson and start for getting ready for the draft, which will be pretty soon in the, in the eyes of some analysts. Their record is 1-8. and eight. 
their plus minus is, 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 is minus three, which speaks to really good coaching. David Cully and his staff are doing a really good job. I don't know that they'll survive this, but they deserve credit for doing a heck of a job with a very short stick. Their points per game given up on defense is 25. Uh, their points per game on offense is 14. That speaks to deficiencies all over the offense, including at quarterback. And um, their point differential is minus 11. So, again, no chance. Miami, which just upset uh, Baltimore on Thursday night, and we'll talk about Thursday. Well, let's talk about Thursday night right now. Thursday night is an anomaly. Um, if I were if I were doing an in-depth analysis as a general manager, um, I would probably throw Thursday night out because the visiting team is at such a huge disadvantage. Right. They're at an incredible disadvantage. They have to travel. They have no recovery time. And anybody traveling on an airplane to a game, it, it, it retards recovery. We now go two time zones or more to play on Thursday night. That never happened before. Um, and and the, the, the home team is winning at about a 60% clip. That's the highest it, it's ever been, I think, in, in the NFL for the home team. So I would tend to throw it out. Having said that, I thought they played a hell of a game. Their plus and minus is minus three, which is, is, is indicates a really good coaching job. Their points per game given up on defense is 25. So that tells you they're basically bereft of defense. Their points per game is uh, offense is 18. Um, again, bereft of offense. Uh, difference minus seven. With uh, seven games to go, they could finish, if they won every game, 10 and seven, which would give them an outside chance to make the playoffs. But it's just an outside chance. That's why I'm saying it's three and a half that are out of it. Miami has kind of a half a chance. The other three are out of it. Right. But I've explained and set the stage for analyzing the others by giving you these four categories, which is record plus or minus points per game on defense, points per game offense, and, and then points per game differential. Um, at this point, let me just interject that I forgot to mention the betting community in my opening statement. Um, the betting community is not neutral. Uh, they've hired a lot of statistical analysts and, and in some cases, ex-players to uh, speak for them. But they have an agenda of their own, which is to get everyone to bet. And so, therefore, the line that they set and the uh, and the uh, statements that they make relative to the strengths and weaknesses of the two teams, um, if they happen to be co correct, in some cases, are coincidental because their job is to create what is called a middle to set a line, the point spread, which entices people to gamble on both teams. Called, it's called making a middle, which means that they try to get, if the Buffalo Bills are playing the Indianapolis Colts, they want to get as much money on Buffalo as, as on Indianapolis. So at very worst, they, the gambling casinos, the, the operators of gambling businesses, uh, collect what is called the VIG, the difference between what they charge you and what you can actually win. That's their profit margin. And they always make a profit. The line is set for them to make a profit. And if the, if because of an injury or something like that, uh, untoward suspension or any kind of, of strange event that they can't quantify, 
they will take the game off the board. They won't allow you to bet it. That's what it means by taking it off the board. They take it off the board because they can't make a profit on that game right. because their, their very existence, their, their, their very being, everything that they do is designed for A, to get you more and more people to bet the game and B, for them to make a profit. It's not about who the better team is. It's not about who's playing better. Right. Get 50% of the people, if you optimally do it on one side, the other, they keep the VIG, they have no risk, right? Exactly. Yep. So I never have paid any attention to the line, and, 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 I, and I don't now. And I'll end the gambling segment by saying no one forces anyone to – no one puts a, a gun to your head and says you must bet the Colts-Buffalo uh, game this weekend. Right. Um, you do it voluntarily. Hopefully you know the risks. If you don't, uh, that's your problem. And so there is a theory that's being enunciated by bloviators uh, uh, on the uh, on the Internet that says that the NFL has to have pristine officiating. Everything that it, 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 it does has to be transparent because the betting community right. is entitled to know that the game is on the up and up. The betting community is entitled to nothing because <laughs> no one forces you to bet. Right. True. It doesn't say in the Constitution you must bet on it's any not, game. It, the game must be pristine because betters have to have a clean outcome. Uh, that was an earlier version of the Constitution. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of betting. Yeah. No, it's in the Bill of Rights, though. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason we want everything to be on the up and up is because we want fans to have confidence that the outcome of the game is decided by the players and coaches and not someone else on the outside trying to cheat the game. That's the reason for having a level playing field. That's the reason for rules. That's the reason why we want people to have confidence in the NFL, not because people bet it. Betters are owed nothing, period, case closed. Okay, let's now go to the um, various teams and, and, and talk about them. And I haven't ranked them, ranked them at this point because there's really no reason to. We're just analyzing what happens going forward. And while I can, I'm not going to dive deeply into each statistic and, 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 and what it represents simply because we'll do that when we get to seven playoff teams. And there's no point in, in doing it now. Which of these twelve teams are going to make the play? Well, let me ask you ask you this: what uh, comment? One overall comment. Like you and I talked about this a couple of days ago. You know, there's there's also this uh, sentiment being expressed in the media and the bloviating community. You know that this year is a year like no other. The upsets are unbelievable. This this is incredible. Nothing like this has happened before. Give you know you and I talked about this. Can you give your take on this, the the extraordinariness of what's happened so far? Yeah, there there is nothing extraordinary about what's happened so far. Pete Rozelle famously said way back in the in the late fifties, on any given Sunday, anybody can beat anybody else in the NFL. That's true. The competition level of the good teams. Uh, and even with the bad teams, uh, is pretty darn close. These are the best athletes in the world. Secondly, uh, there's nothing out of the ordinary about the upsets that are happening because we're right in the throes of the dog days of November. Again, I'll use a baseball analogy. Uh, an off-quoted and true uh, axiom in baseball is 
after the trade deadline on the 31st of July, we're into the dog days of August. Yep. Everybody's tired. Everybody's nicked or hurt. Injuries are cropping up at a higher level than before. Everybody's uh, doesn't like each other. If you're in a losing streak, uh, things are terrible. <laughs> and we, we, we can't see the finish line from here. Once you get to September 1st, of course, you can see the finish line. You know what your job is. And, 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 and you set about doing it. You, get, you go about it with a different mindset. The same is true in November in the NFL. Once we get past Thanksgiving, we can see the finish line. We know what our job is. Guys are revitalized. Uh, the teams that are out of the playoffs tend to, to, to downside, uh, to, to slide. The teams that have legitimate shots, in which case we're talking about the AFC 12 teams, tend to gear it up and go. So uh, when a good team um, like the Rams plays a bad team like the 49ers and the Rams have gone through a week worth of turmoil and outside uh, distractions, Odell Beckham, et cetera, et cetera, and, and, and the 49ers are lining up with secondaries, that, uh, secondary players that have to introduce uh, themselves to one another because they've had so much injury or running backs that we've never heard of, is, is that ripe for an upset? You bet it is because the Rams have looked at the tape and said, this team is no damn good. We can go up there and go through the motions and win. That happens in the NFL, despite what the coaches try to do every week. Coach Marv Levy, who everyone knows is my mentor, once told me, and I've never forgotten it, he said, I can get the team ready to play outside of the playoffs about six times a year. The rest of it is up to you, Bill. You've got to collect the talent that's good enough to win when we're not at our best, because there'll be plenty of times when we're not at our best. Secondly, at this time of year, the injuries begin to mount. And so you, and that's compounded. Here's the only, the only thing that's different about this year than any other in the NFL. COVID is still there for us. Yeah. COVID has, is, as, as we know, uh, if you look at the COVID list every week, forget Aaron Rodgers, big Ben, other people like that. It, it's there. You know, you're having breakthrough cases. And as a matter of fact, after Thanksgiving, the NFL is going back to last year's COVID restrictions because their medical people recognize that COVID is still very much with us. I hate to have to make that statement. It's a sad state of affairs, but it's a but it's a fact. It's not a political statement either way. By the way, COVID is, is neither Democrat nor Republican. Um, it's independent. It's a disease. It's an ind independent virus. It does, yeah, yeah, it is, and 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 so the Bernie Sanders of viruses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Angus Angus King is a good disease. That's yeah, exactly. Yeah, Bernie attacks. <laughs> Bernie affects people differently. You get a little cranky. When you <laughs> uh, but but the the bottom line is that COVID is 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 having more of an effect than we ever hoped that it, or prayed that it would. Um, so that's the only thing that's different. Otherwise, it's business as usual. The dog days of November. Okay, having said that, let's look at the teams. Buffalo, their record is six and three. Their plus minus is, is plus 14, which is really amazing. But it is a bit of an anomaly because much of that 14 is made up of fumbles. Nine of those 14 are made up of fumbles and fumbles 
are a random statistic. They, they occur randomly. They'll vary from year to year by team. It's just it's just a, a function, a lot of times, of luck. Despite the junior Tillmans of the world and, and, and the coaching staffs that try to coach it, like New England, who does a good job of it, it's still kind of a random statistic. So what you really look at on plus and minus, and I'm not going to go any more deeply into it than this, is interceptions. That, that, that's the key, interceptions thrown and, and interceptions recorded by the defense. But I'll give you the gross statistic because it still, it, it still makes sense anyway. So Buffalo is plus 14. Their points per game given up on defense is 15. They're playing great defense. By the way, I'm not referring to the league's official statistics in terms of how the league ranks the teams statistically from week to week, because the league uses yards uh, as their yards given up, yards gained, et cetera, as their yardstick. No pun intended, or pun intended, I guess. <laughs> um, especially, if, especially if you like puns. Yeah. <laughs> but for the average person, including myself, yards are not the most important thing. The most important thing are points. Because after all, the winner is the one who scores the most points. It's not the team that runs fastest in miles per hour? No, no, no. Surprisingly, it isn't. Uh, <laughs> It's often the team that runs fastest on the 40-yard dash, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the, uh, so points per game given up and points per game scored it, it, and the differential between the two is a really important statistic. So Buffalo plus 14 uh, in, in the plus or minus, which, by the way, giveaway, takeaway, shorthandedly referred to as plus or minus, is the most important statistic in football. There are very few times when a team who is negative and plus minus, giveaway, takeaway, is a good team and can go all the way. Very few. Bill, you, you, you earlier sort of commented on the good coaching when those teams were all in the negative, but it wasn't quite as negative as it could be if the, if the coaching weren't up to Enough, right? And that was, yes, that's correct. Not, yeah. That's correct. They're, they're plus minus those two teams, <clears throat> Houston and Miami. They're plus minus. You wouldn't expect that from the, the level of talent that they have on those teams and their other numbers, which tells you that the coaches are doing a good job. Okay. Buffalo's points on defense, giving up 15 points per game, 31, a differential of minus 15. That's outstanding. That's the best in the AFC uh, as we speak. By the way, uh, again, yards, um, can't, because we're, we're not talking, we're talking some teams playing nine games, some play 10 yards and misleading because it depends on how many games you play. This, what we're giving you is the record, and it doesn't affect necessarily how these numbers pan out. I mean, you're going to score more points in 10 games than you are in nine, but it's not as it's not as uh, a glaring uh, a differential as uh, as yards. Okay, again, no particular order. I put these uh, essentially by division. New England six and four, plus or minus plus three. Not typical New England. They're usually better than that, but they're getting better. The trend is up. 
Points per game on defense, 18. Outstanding. Outstanding. Their defense is playing as well as played in the Bill Belichick era, period. That covers a lot of ground. That's a scary thought for the rest of the league. Yes, it is. Especially, yeah, especially what you're about to say about the offense. The reason is simple. It's populated by veterans, by and large, who can absorb and execute all the sophisticated things that Bill does from week to week to hamstring opposition. And it also has lots of youth, particularly in the secondary. This may be as good a secondary as they've had in a long, long while. And then finally, Matthew Judon gives them a true win every battle rusher on the left-hand side that they have not had since way back in the Teddy Bruschi uh, days, Richard Seymour days. So uh, Willie McGinnis days. So this is, as I say, one of the best defenses they've had in a long, long while, coached by a defensive genius. And so there you go. Even the fact that they're playing with a rookie quarterback, albeit the best rookie quarterback by far uh, in this class, uh, is not uh, is not a as glaring a, a jump off the page number as 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 is this eighteen points a game on defense. And uh, everybody wants to talk about the quarterback, um, and he is a story because he's the best of the group thus far by a country mile. Um, but he's not the reason they're winning. <laughs> the reason they're winning is because of this defense. Uh, their points per game on offense, 25. That's quite a bit. Uh, so they're doing well. And the uh, and the differential is plus seven, which tells you why the, uh, the six and four is there. But Belichick teams in, invariably get better as the season goes on. And absent any real serious injuries, uh, including incredible depth at the running back situation where they lost James White and they, they, had, they haven't missed a beat, um, it is, gives them a, a real chance to be a real factor uh, as, as the season goes forward. Hey, hey, Bill, in highlighting their running game, how much do you think, just from a football X's and O's standpoint, will be their ability to run – and Buffalo's sort of struggle sometimes to generate a run game when Josh Allen isn't creating those yards. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm not sure that, that I would make a direct correlation there. I would say you're in the right church, but the wrong pew. Okay. The, 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 the fact that they can run will limit Josh Allen's possessions. And when you got a big play offense like uh, Buffalo, you want to limit their possessions. And the fact that they can run and the fact that they can close games out in four minutes when they have a lead with the run game where you have to make two or three first downs in order to stop, in order to uh, end the game, um, gives them a huge advantage. Plus, both their runners are slam and bang, north, south, lower the pads and run you over guys. They're not shake and bake guys. They're not, we're going to make you miss. I said, we're going to knock you over. Yep. This is a cold weather Foxborough team, right? This is a team that's going to be fun in the winter. Indeed it is. I'm coming. Try and, yeah, try and stop me. And they can run in the red zone. Yep. Which is the most important factor of scoring in the red zone. 
if you have a high run, uh, positive run tendency in a red zone, you're going to be a really good red zone team. And they can, they can do that. And that helps the rookie quarterback because the hardest place for a rookie quarterback to be good and be right is in the red zone because everything is congested. And, and Bill, what a, I mean, we, we, we do spend a lot of time debunking uh, certain notions, uh, but uh, the fact that running and defense travel, especially when you get into the, into, in the bad weather months. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah, absolutely true. That's right. I mean, it, it, and it's pretty obvious. Those are much less ephemeral things than like an offensive passing game when little things can sit you. I mean, if you can run and you can block, I mean, and you can tackle, that, that doesn't, you don't, you don't generally have a bad week at doing those things. Well, you might have a bad week at tackling. Tackling around the league is, I get, is, well, is down precipitously because we don't practice it enough. But uh, otherwise, you're right. You're right. And by the way, New England tackles tremendously well. So um, they found a way to, to do it well, and that's the bottom line. So Buffalo, New England, outstanding teams. They're going to meet twice in the, in the next uh, seven weeks. And uh, from that, it will likely come the, the winner of the division um, and maybe even the bye. We, we, we shall see. Um, Kansas City, six and four. Uh, um, but here's why. They're not a typical Kansas City six and four. Minus eight, giveaway, takeaway. Think about how good they have to be to be six and four with a minus eight. Yeah. Pretty nuts. Yeah. Okay. Uh, points per game defense, 24. Not good enough. Points per game offense, 26. Uh, differential plus two. Okay. What's wrong with the Kansas City Chiefs? What's wrong with Patrick Mahomes? Uh, is this the end for this dynasty? Has Andy all of a sudden forgotten how to coach? Uh, how are we going to fix this? The answer is be better defensively. And the answer is it probably ain't getting fixed because they do not have two Matthew Judas. Yes. The key here is, is, is the chief's ability to get that 24 points per game given up on defense down into the 20 to 22 range. Can they do that? That remains to be seen. They do not have rushers who can win on every play. That's part of their problem, and I don't know how you rectify that other than by blitzing a lot. And when you blitz a lot, uh, you're going to get some one-on-ones in the secondary that the opposition can exploit. Mm-hmm. And, and so what about the myth that there's something wrong with Patrick Mahomes? that he's throwing the ball down the field too much, that he's being too careless with the ball. When you're playing from behind, 24 points a game given up, that's a heavy burden on a quarterback. He's got to take chances. He's going to try and force some balls because he's going to try and close that 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 plus two gap between what the offense can do and what the defense is doing. There isn't a darn thing wrong with Patrick Mahomes except that that the defense is not giving him a chance to beat Patrick Mahomes. They're forcing him to try and force the ball. Bill, I mean, how much of it also is just the offensive line struggles they've had? I mean, last week, I think they were playing with like their fifth right tackle. That's part of it. That's part of it. But still, he's such a transcendent talent that if you give him half a chance, he can do it. Their, their, their offensive problem is, is, is clear. 
they have only two receivers, right? Kelsey and Tyreek, that you can count on, and and everybody tries to take them away as as uh, Tampa Bay did in the Super Bowl. And secondly, their their run game, their running backs, uh, 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 even Edwards Hilaire, who's been out for quite a while, uh, don't stack up with New England's, for example. And and third, uh, their their um, offensive line is 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 subpar because of injury and and so forth. So, um, you know, can they can they continue to ascend? Uh, I, I never ruled Andy Reid out, and I never ruled Patrick Mahomes and company out. But it's a much taller order this year, and let's debunk a myth: it isn't because of Patrick Mahomes. It's because of the defense, the offensive line, and the lack of a third receiver that you can absolutely count on to make plays. Bill, it's a it's a great example, though, of, you know, you, when you talk about the announced crews, and, uh, you know, they're, they're jumping on this extraordinary talent. I mean, people are coming, are his mechanics the same, or his choices as good as they were before? And like you always say, they're trying to make it into a story rather than just looking at what the facts are and – you know, the stuff you pointed out is to him, him trying to do what he has to do. Well, you got to know what the facts mean. That's the problem. <laughs> you right. can't look at them and make a make an informed judgment unless you know what they mean. Because, Bill, if you were starting a franchise today for the next 10 years, Mahomes is still the first guy you're picking, right? Absolutely. Now, number two, I think, is also in the division. I, yeah, I, I know who you think it is, Scott, and I, I tend to agree with well, you. Well, I think number two could close the gap maybe at some point. I, I, number two is, and we're going to talk about him here in a second, is is, is as close to Patrick as, as anybody in football. Um, so let's turn to the L.A. Chargers. Record of five and four, plus or minus, plus two. Points per game, 25, more than good enough. Um, I'm sorry, points per game on defense, 25, abysmal. <laughs> points per game offense 24 so a a, a a a minus one not good enough um this is very this is a very simple equation this is a team that because of injury and perhaps um some play that's subpar at certain positions on the defensive line uh gets battered by the run and when you're vulnerable to the run, uh, that means that you're limiting the number of possessions that Mr. Herbert has. You're putting a lot of pressure on the offense to score repeatedly. And, uh, and so that's the problem. Until they can get the run figured out, and it, it, some of it is scheme, but, a lot, but most of it's players. Until they can get it shorn up and figured out, they're not going to get the maximum out of um, what is a exceptionally talented offense, including the running back Austin Eckler. So uh, right now, if you if you listen to the various bloviators and yellers and on, on television and radio, get another receiver. They need more receivers. Get them receiver help. I've I've lived through that that nightmare <laughs> with two franchises. Um, Buffalo and uh, and Indianapolis, and the answer to that is 
no, no, a thousand times no, get defenders who can stop the run and rush the pass. That's what Herbert needs. Yeah. Not more receive. Right. Because this has got to feel like back to the future, right, Bill? I mean, this feels, obviously, it's Tom Telesco, but this feels like a Bill Polian kind of team. Yes, yeah, without question. Yeah. And 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 um, when I talked to Tom, you know, we, we commiserate about those days. Uh, so he'll do the right thing. But, you know, can they overcome that 25 points a game on defense and being battered by the run? Um, don't know. We'll find out. Even with that number two transcendent talent at QB that we're talking about. Yeah, he can't do it by himself. It's a team game. And, uh, and, and you know, the old story, you got to run and stop the run. You don't necessarily have to run on offense. You can create offense different ways. Bill Walsh proved that with the West Coast offense. You must stop the run. That's the bottom line. And especially. Maybe this is a dumb question, but to me, talent-wise, different than Kansas City, this seems like a team, if they get healthy on defense, they could turn it around and bring that number down a little bit. Yeah, because they do have rushers. They do have rushers. That's correct. They could. I worry a little bit about the defensive interior, but but yeah, they do have rushers. And they have a safety that's great. I mean, they got talent on defense. It's not They're not without talent. But you can't get battered by the by – the, uh, by the uh, Cleveland Browns, for example. Uh, you, you can't get battered by other people who just run the ball at you because then you're limiting Herbert's opportunities to score. You, you need, you need, he needs opportunities. The more opportunities that he gets, the better and the better your team. So they, they got to be able to, to, to stop the run. The battering that they took from the, from the Cleveland Browns was, was painful to watch really for a good team. And, you know, it, Baker Mayfield uh, got a free pass in that game. He didn't have to do anything. Just... <laughs> I feel like Cleveland has that game once a year. This was like the Tennessee game from last year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's yeah. true. Who will it be next year? Probably the Washington football team. You can, if you can, No, no. If you can pick the next year what that game is, then you actually, you know, you'll show me something, buddy. Yeah, pretty good. Okay, next team is the Raiders. They're five and four, plus one giveaway takeaway. Points on defense, giving up 26. Uh, having said that, they're playing a hell of a lot better on defense than they did a year ago. That's the reason for the five and four. Gus Bradley's got them on the right track. Points per game offense, 23, minus three. Um, the offense isn't doing enough. Um, and, and, and when the offense is not functioning at a high level, the quarterback tends to, uh, tends to press. And, and, and make, as every quarterback does, and make uh, bad decisions from time to time. So those numbers would tell you that this is a middle-of-the-road team. This is a team that if it gets in the playoffs, probably going to do it as a wild card and, and maybe will not be, uh, will not go very far in the playoffs. That's what the numbers say right now uh, because they're middle-of-the-road, mediocre kind of numbers, and that's what this team really is at this point. Denver. Stark picture, stark picture. Their record is five and five. Their plus or minus is zero. Their points per game given up, 18. This is an elite defense. It's what you would expect uh, from Vic Fangio. The loss of Von Miller, I, I shouldn't say the loss, 
lost the the, 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 the volitional trading. Yeah, the volitional trade. That's right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the willingly giving him up. <laughs> uh, I love volitional. That's beautiful. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> um, the uh, it is is almost inexplicable to me because with a defense this good, uh, you would think that they would take a shot at it. You know, make make a a run for the roses, but they obviously did not. Uh, the points per game offense is twenty. That's uh, tied for the lowest among any of the so-called contending teams, and and they're believe it or not, they're plus two. So they do not have enough offense at twenty points per game to really take advantage of that great defense. And if you can't score in the National Football League, you put a lot of pressure on your defense. So the loss of Von Miller coupled with the fact that they can't score, which is largely a function of the quarterback position. Teddy is a marvelous backup and he's a very good game manager, but that's where it ends. That probably, if you had to say to me, are they odd man out? The chances are pretty good that they are. There will be five teams from this group that do not make the playoffs. This is not one that at least right now looks like it is, is a genuine playoff team. But if this team played in the pre-sort of Joel Busser passing era of the league, if this was a team from the 20s, this is my pick to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> if this was a team from the 80s, this would, should be your pick to go to the Super Bowl. That would be a little, you know, it's yes. I mean, when I don't know that they had the Super Bowl in the 20s, but. Yeah, no, the uh, the championship game. But I mean. Yeah, all right. Okay. The Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, old school thumper, because they're going to have 2,000 yard rushers. Yeah, they are. It's kind of fun. You know who they are? Who? They're the Dom Capers, Carolina Panthers in the year we went to the championship. Yeah, game. that's who they right. are. But they don't have Kerry Collins, and they don't have Mosin Muhammad. You 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 had a you had a good quarterback, and they don't have Wesley Walls. Yeah, but but, but they're the same team. Yeah, they're the same team. So if the defense, but 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 they're the same team without Kevin Green. They just traded Kevin Green. Yeah. So volitionally, yeah. Volitionally, yes. Thank you. Beautiful. Beautiful. We'll call it that, that. That's the V word for today. Yeah. <laughs> right, kids. Okay. Now comes the biggest anomaly of all the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, their record is six and three. It really ought to be four and five. They were the beneficiary, a lot of luck um, to win two games that they absolutely should have lost, taking nothing away from Lamar Jackson. Um, the fact of the matter is, that at minus five, their record ought to be four and five <laughs> points per game on 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 uh, defense, twenty three. That's that's way outside their profile, and points per game on offense, twenty five. So they're plus two, but that's largely due to the fact that they have the best kicker in football, who almost never misses, maybe ever. So. I th- we're not doing the Hall of Fame thing again today, Rick. I know, I know. <laughs> I got it, but, you know, come on. So what the numbers tell you is that they have an unreliable defense, which the eye test also tells you because they're um, all beaten up in the secondary and, and, and 
the ability to play man-to-man um, is the keystone to their defense. The ability to use Rex Ryan, who has a gift for explaining things uh, at the most basic level, and, and Rex is the father of this defensive philosophy. You match up your, your, your three corners man-to-man, and the other eight guys rush the passer. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and that's how you play defense. Now, it's, it's not that simple in execution, design or ex- execution, but it's a really good explanation of it. So, um, and there are other factors going forward. The fact that this is a smash and bash offense approach, uh, are, are these guys, how much gas are they going to have in the tank if and when they make the playoffs? I don't know. What's the injury factor going to be like? That's something to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, does Lamar stay healthy? You know, thus far, he has. But I think it's fair to say that from this season on, he's kind of defying the odds. He is. Um, the, the, you know, the, there are question marks here. Will they get healthier in the secondary? Yeah. Uh, don't know. Uh, but they have to if they're going to go very far. And I never argue with free agency decisions because having made them, I know how difficult they are. You can't be right in free agency, especially if you have a good team, but they miss Matthew Judah. Yeah, no question. And they all do. the places he could have gone, that's the last one you want him to go to. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, that's true too. That's exactly right. Now, over time, over time, and this is an organization, thanks to Steve Bashotti, that always takes the long and, and Dick Cass too, always takes the long view. Yeah. It, they've allowed Ozzy and now Ozzy's successor to take the long view. The Penn State kid in the long run may be better than Matthew Judah in the long run, but not right now. He's not ready right now, in spite of the great play that he made to beat Indianapolis. It's, I think it was Indianapolis where he caused the fumble. Yeah. Or maybe it was Kansas City. Um, in, in, in any event, he, I, I think he'll be better in the long run, but not right now. That That's the difficulty. Uh, you know, also, I mean, from the beginning of the season on, uh, the injury situation, and particularly at running back with a running team, I mean, was some, um, obviously beyond anybody's control or imagination. Yeah, true. But, 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 but with a smash and bash team, that that that's that's going to happen. It is right, but not usually not before the season starts. No, I mean. no, 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 not in training camp. No, yeah, that's a bit of an anomaly. So, who comes out of the NFC North? Interesting proposition. So let's go through it team by team. Mm-hmm. Next is the Pittsburgh Steelers, five, three, and one. The one, by the way, is really interesting. Yep. Because five, three, and one beats five and four. Yeah. Yeah. When it's all said and done. And it saves somebody from being the first ever 0 and 17 team. <laughs> well, who cares about them? <laughs> yeah, that's true. But Bill, remember, you and you you said this, and I think it was on the air. Uh, you know, the strategy with the 17th game was quite possibly gonna be to play for ties rather than go for the win when you had to. Because of you know, because of the way the numbers work at you you predicted that before the season. Yeah, 
yeah, a, a tie is 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 better than a loss. Yeah, particularly in a seventeen game season because it's pretty. It, the tiebreakers are figured on percentage, um, so one loss percentage. So a tie is better than a loss. Um, their points per game on uh, on defense are 18, which is to be expected. Actually, that's Pittsburgh's always good on defense, and uh, and they, and they they continue to be good, although they're really taking a beating on the defensive front injury wise. Um, uh, a couple of guys are gone for the year. Haywood's nicked up, but that's to some degree understandable because that's an older front. They've done a good job with the rest of the defense infusing youth, but the front is, 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 is older. Um, uh, so that doesn't bode well for the future points per game on offense, 20, so plus two, but this is um, uh, Baltimore's plus two, Pittsburgh with 25 points per game on offense and 23 on defense. Pittsburgh's 18 on defense, 20 on offense, plus two, hanging on by the skin of their teeth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go to the Cincinnati Bengals. Mr. Mike Brown. Five and four. Plus or minus, minus four. Joe Burrow, while still a great prospect, is not the elite quarterback that certain yellers and bloviators have made. Not yet. He's not as good as the Chargers got yet. And in fact, he might be in the same category as Mac Jones. They're pretty similar. Now, this is not to knock him. It was a great pick. And he'll play a long time, and he will get better. But he's been anointed by the yelling class, and he should not have been. Yeah. Um, okay, points per game. Defense, 23. Not good enough. Again, another miss. The defense is vastly improved. The defense is carrying the Bengals. No, it's not. 23 ain't good enough. Um, and points per game. Offense, 23. Uh, that's zero uh, neutral. So, uh, again, hanging on by the skin of their teeth. Maybe we call this the skin of your teeth division. (laughs) (laughs) Holding on for dear life. Now, the one thing with the Bengals, Jamar Chase is pretty spectacular out of the shoot, right? Yes, he is. Mm -hmm. Yes, he is. Which is why I say Joe Burrow will get better, but he ain't there yet. But his numbers for a rookie wide receiver are outrageous through nine games. Yeah. It's yeah. true. Yeah, which which you would have expected. And in fairness yeah. to Joe Burrow, somebody's getting on the ball. So yeah, but there's about six quarterbacks you'd want in front of him. Talk about Josh Allen again, man. Cleveland, five and five, plus or minus, minus one. Points per game on defense, 24. Not what you'd like. Points per game on offense, 23, minus one. So this is truly the skin of your teeth division. This is it. Somebody's getting in who will probably be overrated among the the, the seven playoff teams. Now the seed may be uh, the seed may be overrated too, because the winner is going to be no worse than the fourth seed. So that in my opinion would be overrated as well, Mm -hmm. but these are all, 
as we can see from the numbers right now, mediocre teams, mediocre. Hey, Bill, if the running backs in Cleveland are healthy, do you think that's the team? Uh, yes. Uh, you did your Karnak uh, Ed yeah. McMahon version. Yes. There we go. There we go. <laughs> We got the card at the head. Fucking Wagnalls, porch, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. He reached into the jar on fucking yeah, Wagnalls, exactly. porch. Yeah. But, but yes, if the running backs are healthy, they can cover up for Baker Mayfield. They can cover up a, a, a multitude of sins. And, and they can smash and bash uh, probably better than Baltimore because those running backs – in the end, if you stack them up with Lamar and the way he plays, are probably slightly better than Lamar. And there's two of them. There's only one Lamar. So if you said to me, which, who should win that game? I'd, I'd probably say Cleveland, but it's close. It's close. Um, now, is Baker headed for Canton? No. Uh, no. Uh, are the naysayers... Cleveland's not that far away. You could go there, right? <laughs> yeah, but his car's going in the other direction. It's headed for Erie. Uh, yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> the, the lake. <laughs> but the chattering class, the yelling class, you can't call them the chattering class. You have to call them the yelling class. The yelling class now have taken out um, their baseball bats and they're using Baker as a pinata and and that's unfair, too. Um, he's limited in what he can do. The offense is perfect for what he can do. Uh, as long as the running backs are there and he takes care of the football, which from the midpoint of last season to now, he's done a pretty good job of. And he can stay out of trouble being hurt running the ball, which he doesn't have any control over. You know, you can win. Baker can win with a good team. Is he in the same class as Herbert? No way. Is he lousy? No way. No. And he's, and he's very good on those commercials. He really is. And to, to what Rick's staring at me, I've never said he was lousy. I just said he's the best of the good or in the middle of the good. I think you – I and you're not the brick bat guy, Scott, but I, I think you're a little harsh on him. Well, no, my thing is just using sort of a Bill Pulling. There's probably like six guys in the AFC I would take before, maybe seven. But the, yeah, but when you this is the National Football League with 32 teams and 32 starting quarterbacks, that's not a, that's not bad. Six or seven ahead. I mean, that's you're better than a lot of people. No, well, and again, it's the hardest job in the world. Yeah, illegitimately, there are more brain surgeons than there are NFL quarterbacks. Sure, there are. Well, I would not I would not hold against him and we should not hold against him. the hype to you can the commercials to some degree uh, probably as a GM. I would have sat down with him and said, you know, maybe we ought to win a few divisions and go a little far in the playoffs before we get involved with this. Right. Uh, but in the end, that's his decision. And nobody begrudges anybody making money. But the uh, uh, it's not his fault that he was anointed. He didn't do that. And and I don't hold that against him. And I think you can win with him. I think you can win with him. I mean, it's been a long time since Bernie. Yes, that's correct. And they won with Bernie. So now is he Bernie? <laughs> he throws it better than Bernie, but I'm not sure he's got the other stuff that Bernie had. But nonetheless, he's not a bust. Uh, and, and, and he's not the reason they're losing. 
He's not the reason they're losing. The reason they're losing is that the running backs are hurt, period, case closed. And the defense is not great. Um, so uh, at 24 points a game, that, that you know, that's, that's not the territory you'd want to be in. So somebody's going to get a, the fourth seed in, in this division, very probably, and uh, or maybe even the third seed. Yep. I mean, yeah. And uh, and uh, um, you know how far will they go? Uh, we'll talk more about that as we uh, as we reach the playoffs. Still got we still got six or seven to play. Sure. Okay. The Tennessee Titans, eight and two, plus two, and the giveaway takeaway points per game on defense twenty three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Points per game on offense, 28. That's plus five. But that was when the big hoss was going full steam. Bill, and how many, how many eight and two teams have you seen with that narrow of a giveaway take on? That's yeah. That that's that it it, it it indicates that's not sustainable. Not with not with Henry out. Not with Henry out. It's not sustainable. It, it, the reason the reason it's there is because Henry doesn't fumble the ball. And B, you can hand it to him 25 or 30 times a game and bash the opposition into submission. And their defense is better. 23 is not where Vrabel wants to be, but it's better because they now have two rushers. So, and Simmons, they have a game changer on defense in Simmons. So if you want to believe in somebody, um, believe in the Tennessee defense. Bayard's playing at a high level. Simmons is the next great defensive tackle in the game. I think he, my, for my money, he's already there. Landry has a, a running mate uh, who, who, can, who can take some of the pressure off him, and he's a very good player. The secondary is largely the reason that they're 23 per game. They shore that up. They got a chance because they do have some difference makers on defense, but the, dif- the biggest difference maker of all is out. So – until he gets back, this is a kind of a uh, say a, a prayer every week that the right. ball bounces your way. Yeah, you know it's a good division though for a couple ball bounces. It is, and they're and they're and they're and they're well positioned from a standing standpoint. I mean, they've they got the biggest lead of anybody. Yeah, they're well positioned, and there are two teams in the division that 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 really aren't competitive. So. You know, they have a, a pretty good, pretty good chance at the number one seed. I think if the big guy comes back, I would say they're probably the favorite for the for the number one seed, and that's really important because that there's only one buy this year, and the buy is really, really, really critical. We'll talk more about that when we get to the playoffs. Um, all right, the Colts five and five. Plus 11, an incredible anomaly. At plus 11, you ought to be at least seven and three. Right. Points per game on defense, 23. That's the culprit. Points on uh, per game on offense, 27. So plus four. Let's go back to the plus 11 and debunk the myth that Carson Wentz is not a winning quarterback. He's not a top 20 quarterback as somebody in the Former Cleveland, not the not the present Browns organization, but former organizations once stated, um, he's a damn good quarterback. 
he, I think he only has two interceptions for the year, one of which was a, a crazy throwaway in the, uh, in the, in the Tennessee game. Um, so he's playing well and courageously. They too have a great running game. Can the secondary, which is all beaten up, uh, sustain or, or improve? That's a big question mark. And can the uh, rush, can Quiddy Pay become over the next seven games, Dwight Freeney in his rookie year? Can he learn how to play to win in the National Football League? Not to be spectacular, but to win. He's got to be able to finish rushes. If he can, even though they have a tough schedule, they have a chance to move up because their passing game is outstanding. Their running game is phenomenal, second only to the Browns. Uh, their running back is the leading rusher. They've got to be able to rush the passer and limit the big plays in the passing game, which, is, which has hurt them. If they do that, I don't think they can catch Tennessee because Tennessee has the tiebreaker. But they um, – Let's say that the, at ten and six, uh, will they get in? I think they got a pretty good chance. And not a team you want to play in the playoffs. Absolutely not. No. I mean the way Jonathan Taylor's rolling. I mean this this is a team that you look at the teams that with the losing record who could make a jump. This is the team to be very afraid of in the AFC. Yeah, but they're not. It, it, it's important to note, and, and you know, in all honesty, everybody knows I'm rooting for them. <laughs> You know, I've known Frank Reich since he was 22 years old. Exactly. So it would be foolish to think that I that, that, that I was neutral or something. I'm trying to be neutral in analyzing them. But um, the Frank Reich, Bob Sanders examples, you know, for everything. <laughs> yeah, family members. That's correct. <laughs> but but the the uh, and, and many more and, and many others, but two prominent ones. But but the. The bottom line is that if they can shore up the back end of the defense, get healthy and shore up the back end of the defense, and they can and, and Quiddy Pay can 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 turn the literally turn the corner and finish rushes over the over the last end of the season, which is debatable, by the way. He's gonna be a really good player. He's exactly like Baltimore's guy from Penn State, OA. The, the, the future is really bright, but it may not be this year. But if if they can if they can rush the passer and finish games and they can eliminate the big mistakes in the secondary, which has hurt them thus far, cost them two games, actually, um, they, they, they got a chance. They got a chance. So there we are, 12 teams for seven spots. Uh, let the games begin. 12, 12 and a half. Yeah, but, but, but yeah, Bill, I mean, <laughs> somewhere, somewhere the ghost of Alvin Pete, Parody is everything. Roselle has to be smiling. I mean, because to be at this point in the season and only have really two and a half teams knocked out is what he dreamed of. I mean, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. And and in addition to which, the expansion from 28 to 32 teams further leveled the playing field. Right, right. Because it eliminated quality depth right. in, in the National Football League. I mean, to turn to Scott's favorite team, how are they going to replace two of the best rushers in the National Football League? They're well coached. They're tough. Their quarterback's a lot better than people think. Uh, now, is he the answer in the long run? Probably not, but he's a hell of a lot better than people think. Yeah. Or, or thought. 
in, in the beginning, they got one really good running back, and their defense, when 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 those guys are in the game, is really good. But they're not going to be in the next six games. So that that's. Hey, we're hanging our hat. Casey Toohill, Shaka, we're going to be okay. Things are going to be fine. We're going to steady the course. Things are going to be fine. I applaud your faith, St. Thomas. <laughs> Bill, when you're talking about um, expansion further low, you know, it's funny. Oh, God, come on. Who, who, what nut job brought that up? Right. <laughs> but when you think back, the other thing is getting rid of the result. I mean, the free agency movement in terms of, you know, not being able to stockpile five deep like you used to with what you did with the cap. I mean, that really is the thing that has really given everybody hope eternal. Well, it has. It has. That's, that's right. It, it certainly has added to competitive balance, which is what the system was designed to do. But the fact that there are uh, four times 60, 240 players yeah. employed now that were not employed when we were at 28 teams. Yeah. Of those 260, at least 100 are quality depth players, guys who win. You lose your two rushers like the Washington team, unfortunately, has. You know, there's at least one guy who can step in and play well. But, I mean, I think that number's even more not to do an analytics thing. We're not going to end on analytics. But when you do the spread of those 260, that's eight guys per team who wouldn't have been in the league. That's a lot. Yes, that's correct. That's absolutely correct. So, by the way, someone, uh, Rick referred to it, someone raised the issue of expansion. It should have been locked up. You know, yeah, not this guy, send him to Elba, for God's sake. You know? <laughs> Unless they're going to put a team in Tuscaloosa, uh, there's, no, there's no good plan. I, I think there is a team in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, no, well, I mean, how would you populate, let's say, 36 teams? I mean, how, how, how or 34 teams? How could you do it? It's not going to happen. Especially now with the schedule expanding. People who don't care about or don't know the game, let's give the devil this due. People who don't know the game or don't care about the game, who only care about making money yeah. and close and entertaining games, wouldn't care if we had 60 teams. Right. Right? right. Not on this show. When you're in professional sports, you're in the entertainment. Absolutely. Business. I mean, that's you know, that's why it exists. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And that's why the ratings are as good as they are. Because the games, many of which uh, football people consider sloppy and, 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 and really not good football, the games themselves are exciting. Yeah. They have exciting finishes, as did the Miami-Baltimore game. Yep. Right? That was a slop job from start to finish. Not a good football game. It was bad football. Really? Just ugly. Yeah. But it had an exciting finish. It did. And that's what the suits in the, in the, in the, in the league offers care about. And that's what people who watch television care about. It's that you say it's the entertainment business. So... You know, we football purists say, well, gee, it's not very good football. Who cares? Yeah. We only yeah. care. That's all. It's a television show. <laughs> right. It's a, right? I mean, eventually you can grow too big, though. Eventually people will start. Well, yeah. But people will eventually start. 
if this level of play expanded to 36 teams and then the quality of play decreased some, there would be, because you always have the sleeping dragon of college football that's hiding in the wings. Uh, I don't know. I mean, look at, look at, look at, well, like you can't compare football to anything else because it's, it's, it's so far ahead of baseball. But I mean, when Bill and I were kids, you know, look, look what the ERAs and the batting averages were and, you know, and look what expansion, you know, I mean, they'll just keep doing it though. No, I know. But the most interesting competitive television prospect that's coming is when college football goes to a 16 team playoff. Yeah. Well, it's going to be 12. It's going yeah. to be 12 before 16, but yeah, you'll you'll see sixteen. I want. Yeah, ah, that's what it should be. One from every major conference, one independent, and and the, and the other fill ins. Let them let them vote them in and give everybody a chance. I mean, I don't know how you can call this a championship when no matter how well you know beyond a certain number of teams get, they, they won't let them in. All right, I gotta ask him, Bill. Cincinnati, should they be in? Gosh, um, I, I, first let me say first of all that I'm not as invested in in statistically as, as I, as I am in the NFL. Yeah. So um, it's more the eye test. Well, and let me preface this question by saying my father-in-law and I did not speak to each other for a week over Cincinnati. (laughs) Is this when you were living in his basement? Oh yeah. Oh, it's (laughs) that's not good then. Yeah. I, I, I can analyze it for you though. In what I think is a is a is an organized way, as Rick just said, the college football playoff is a television show. It, it's ESPN at its best, right? And it's controlled by ESPN, not controlled, but ESPN has a loud voice in, in in who's chosen. So, with four teams, what you really would like, if we're producing a television show, is the four biggest draws. Correct? Yep. Yeah. The four biggest marquee names. All right. So let's look at who's there at the moment. George is there, undefeated. And barring a phenomenal upset, because their defense is the best in the country, will enter the championship game in the SEC um, with a good chance to run the table. Right? Right. Yep. So there's little likelihood that they're not going to make the odds favor them strongly. Michigan plays Michigan state and Ohio state and another big 10 team in the championship game. If they win out, Ohio state plays Michigan and another big 10 team. Should they win out and um, Michigan state would have to sweep the whole series to be in but from a television show standpoint, let's pencil in a Big Ten team. We don't know who it will be, and we won't for two more weeks. But there'll be a Big Ten team in, likely. Right? Yep. So we got – everybody agree with that? Yes. And we do know who it won't be. Yep. And we've got – yeah, we take a, a, a bunch of craziness to, to not have a Big Ten team in there. I agree. For, for- – Multiple reasons, actually. The problem, the one thing that worries me in the Big Ten is because Ohio State, Michigan State, and Michigan all have to play each other. You could get some weird scenario where you have three two-loss teams. Yeah, that's correct. But let's let's not deal with that. Yeah, yeah. let's not deal with it. the the. So that means there's a Big Ten team in, which makes ESPN happy, right? You're going to get a marquee name no matter what. 
because Michigan State has now become a, a marquee team. Not, yeah, close to the other two. Not quite there, but close to the other two. I agree, yeah. So that's two. Oregon, for two reasons. Number one, because they're pretty good. And number two, because the Pac-12 has not had a team in uh, for quite some time. Uh, and the the college community is nothing if not political. Right. Uh, if, if Oregon beats Utah twice, which is a tall order. Yeah, it is. They're in. Yeah. If they don't, now all bets tend to be off. I don't think the Pac-12 gets one if Oregon doesn't get in. Nope. They can't have two losses. They can't have two losses. Right. So now uh, that opens the door for an undefeated Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. And if you're asking me, having seen Cincinnati up close in person, do I think that Cincinnati would beat Oregon? Probably six out of ten. Okay. Probably six out of ten. At worst, a split. So an undefeated Cincinnati versus a two-loss Oregon, mm -hmm. Cincinnati, right? What about a two-loss Alabama? Oh, 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 hold on. Here we go. Here we go. Sorry, I jumped the gun. <laughs> did you hear the starter pistol fire, Scott? No, it did not. This is what I've been excited for. Since, so I think Cincinnati gets in over Oregon if Oregon were to lose once to Utah in that two-game series, which, by the way, it's tough to beat a team twice. It's almost impossible to beat them three times, but it's tough to beat them twice, too. So that's now three teams, either Oregon or perhaps Cincinnati, which now brings us to Alabama, who is by far the biggest draw. Next is Ohio State. Alabama is the biggest draw. If Alabama beats Georgia in the – championship game, SEC championship game, then both teams are in. I don't think there's any question about that. If Alabama were to lose to Georgia in the SEC championship game, now you have ESPN's worst nightmare. Yep. Are you going to put Cincinnati or or Oregon in over a two-loss Alabama? It's going to be... I, I think there, there may be a clause. There may be a clause in Nick's contract that, that deals with that. Well, and get ready because then you also have a one-loss Notre Dame to throw in the mix. No, 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 no. Don't go anywhere near that. But wait a second, Bill. Isn't it? I mean, you got to say in terms of the biggest draw, isn't Notre? I mean, isn't Notre Dame always? I mean, come on. No, no, no. Notre Dame. No, no. If you pulled the committee, that they would begin to, they they would begin palsy looks and shakes if you mention Notre Dame is number four. No. No, I, no, no. I'm saying as, but... TV draw. I think Rick's saying TV draw-wise. You know, the national, you know, that like the NBC contract. Yeah, I'm saying if you're going to say who's a draw, you know, that would that would always, you know, it's like Michigan, I just happen to be wearing a Michigan hat, but, you know, Michigan has, right, the largest, most active alumni, even because, you know, 107,000 people are a lot of people wealthy, a lot of money, but... Notre Dame still, right? I mean, it has to be and forever will be in, in, in hearts of college football fans. Yeah, but you, you cannot put Notre Dame in. Right, okay. And exclude Cincinnati. I agree. Oh, I agree. You can't do that. Even though the guy the other night made the statement that 
uh, the head-to-head -head doesn't count as much as the statistics vis-a-vis -vis Michigan State and Michigan, I guess. Uh, you know, it, they, they probably had to take him to the emergency room to extract his foot from his mouth. Right, right. Because he told the truth. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's, that's right. I, but, I mean, Scott and I, this is one of the things we both always said. 16 teams, I mean, that – that's the equivalent of, of, you know, when they went to 64 in bad. I mean, that, that turned it, that turns it into a, a real national tournament and, and gives everybody a fair shot. Well, it does. I, I, I'm for, I'm for 12, by the way, because I don't think these kids should be playing uh, as many games as, as, as 16 would, would, would bring you, but that, that's a small, that's a small thing. And they'll go to 12 anyway, before they go to 16. There you go. Uh, barring some unforeseen circumstances. But that's why Notre Dame is, is not in the equation because you cannot put Notre Dame in and exclude Cincinnati. So it would take a number. It would take that Scott example where all three Big Ten teams eliminate themselves yeah. in order for Notre Dame to even be considered. Um, and, and this is not the same Notre Dame team that went last year. Yeah, that's no, right. This is not the same team. This is, this is not quite as good a team. So – uh, that that that's where we're at. There we go. Well, hey, we, listen, we did. You got a college football bonus on the Inside <laughs> Football Podcast. You know, and we're not making anybody pay extra for no, that. So we, you know. we're. Let me end with this. End with this postscript. The college committee can do what it damn well pleases. <laughs> so, that's true. That's true. Exactly. They can put in whoever they want. <laughs> there are no rules go governing that. But but if. You, there's no there's no court of appeals either. So, you know, that's right. So if you could put in if you could put in some logic, you know, well, there is a court of appeals and it's 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 like the Fifth Circuit. You know, it's, it's down there in New Orleans and, and it speaks to the power of the SEC. Yeah, that's true. But, but they don't have unilateral power. That's more like the the exchequer, the <laughs> the star chamber down there in the SEC. But but the bottom line is that. They can do whatever they want. Yeah. But and it's and it's still a television show, but I think you do have to have some degree of what was the word I'm searching for? Viability. Yes. Credibility. Validity. Validity, right. Uh we can't use another we can't use another V word. Another V word. We already got V for validity. Why not? V words are good. They're good. Yeah, Virginia. Very, very good. All right, gang. Well, that is our show for this week. We got a little college football bonus. Next week, we're going to dive into the NFC teams after week 10. Thank you, guys. Thank, Thank you, Scott. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Enjoy yourselves. Enjoy all the football. All right. See you guys. Bye-bye. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.